Hello and welcome to the podcast Sport and Life. Teddy Draper here with you, sports broadcaster in the UK. Hope you're well. Thank you for hitting on the button. Thank you to the sponsors as well for their continued support. Coming up, three years of support from Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. Really grateful for their support. Jason Briggs in particular, the lead man there, good guy. Get in touch with him through social media, Serene AV, or look up Bagnall Olufsen of Cheltenham online, get a phone number, and they'll uh, give you some good guidance on whatever you are looking for in terms of home entertainment. Pleased to announce as well, Sport & Life has partnered with Herring Shoes, English family-run shoemaking business, which Richard Herring started in 1966, specialising in handmade, cl- handmade classic shoes like Oxfords and Brogues. I've got a really cool pair of uh, Brogues myself, great combination of style and comfort. And they've got this family heritage in England, but they distribute shoes worldwide and have offered listeners of the podcast a 10% discount at herringshoes.co.uk. That discount code is TED10. So T-E-D, all capital letters, and numerals one zero. And it's applicable to all shoes over £20, full price shoes over £20. Cytoplan.co.uk, another partner of the podcast, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk is where you go for their food-based supplements. And they're offering listeners 30% off first purchase, 10% ongoing at checkout on the website with the code DRAPER10R. My last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters the numerals one zero and the capital letter R. Also remember the free mentoring sessions with Anthony Asprey of the Holman Academy available uh, through the show notes, that link there, five given away each month. And also if you're looking to document a loved one's life story, mother, father, grandmother, grandfather, you may be interested in Attic Box Audio, a project my wife and I started in lockdown where I sit down with members of the public and have a chat about their life for posterity so that future generations can be uh, connected with the, the past forebears as well. So that's at atticboxaudio.co.uk. Now onto the conversation with uh, one of my siblings, my brother, Max Draper, Dr. Max Draper, very proud of him, general practitioner, but now also testosterone specialist uh, after his very difficult few years physically and mentally with some illnesses that he's been through. And now he's here as uh, testosterone has been a big savior to him in, in testosterone replacement therapy. So great to speak to him, the one and only Dr. Max Draper, here it is. Dr. Maxim Draper. Max, bro, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, yeah. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's good, good to have you here. Um, how are you feeling at the moment? Because you're you're kind of, you maybe cornered the testosterone puzzle, <laughs> figured out the conundrum, have you? Yeah, I think I've sorted out the uh, elixir of life, to be honest. <laughs> but um, Yeah, no, I'm feeling good, I Feeling great. Well, well, tell us about the backstory, because... I mean, you've had a great few years in a sense because you've become a dad of two beautiful kids in the last five years, but you've had some trials and tribulations, haven't you, around around illness, which has been connected to testosterone as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my sort of backstory would be that um, sort of uh, at the age of 29, I was diagnosed with uh, testicular cancer. And at the time, that was when uh, my wife was pregnant with our first child, who's now sort of Lola, and she's five so uh, with the testicular cancer I had my one of my testicles removed and then obviously what leads on to the discussion today about the testosterone is 
subsequently, I developed pretty uh, severe symptoms, which in hindsight was a dropping testosterone level and the sort of effects that had on me as a whole, mm. mentally and sort of physically. What, what were the symptoms? Um, well, I, su I suppose if you imagine it kind of gradually went down and that was confirmed on sort of blood tests that were being followed up by my specialist nurse who was sort of uh, monitoring my my sort of cancer markers. So she did my testosterone and then we repeated it a couple of times. The initial symptoms I would say was uh, a little bit of irritability, um, mm. sort of mildly feeling down, maybe some mild sleep disturbance. Yeah. Uh, fatigue, uh, lack of recovery from exercise was a big one. Yeah. And then basically over a period of about three years that that got a lot worse and irritability what connected to a fatigue in the sense that you felt frustrated that your energy levels were low that you you didn't have the motivation to do things was mm -hmm. that interconnected uh probably um i think i think part of it was perhaps not being able to deal with disturbed sleep as well as i would would normally have yeah but the other thing is that and and we can kind of touch on it potentially but it is a bit complex but testosterone itself affects your uh, neurotransmitters in your brain mm. you actually irrespective of the fatigue it can cause irritability directly because you have less dopamine potentially less serotonin or perhaps serotonin isn't working as well yeah uh, so actually directly not just the fatigue but actually it directly affects how your brain works how do dopamine and, and serotonin work because they're they're kind of connected in a sense, but they're very different sensory emotions that they trigger. Are they dopamine's more of the fired up motivation tool, whereas serotonin is associated with relax, relaxation and quote unquote happiness, serenity. Yeah, I think I think sort of um, to look at it from the 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 sort of when you look at these chemicals, I suppose you look at all the neurochemicals or neurotransmitters. You look at what happens if they're low or what happens if they're not ideal. Um, serotonin tends to be more of a happy, calm effect, maybe, you know, and that's looking at it very basically, obviously, because it's really complicated. Mm. And then dopamine, perhaps, if you if you break it down to a simple explanation, would be more of your drive, your pleasure-seeking behavior, um, you know, just your get up and go. Um, so, yeah, so testosterone deficiency can affect certainly the dopamine, um, mm. And indirectly and directly affect your serotonin as well. Well, that's what the research suggests anyway. And to give it the background as well, you are obviously a medical doctor as a general practitioner. So mm -hmm. this is this was a, not a surprise to you, but this was a puzzle to, to try and figure out, wasn't it? What what was the sort of steps to, to getting there? Because it wasn't obvious, was it? Because actually you'd fathered a, a second child, Henry, in the yeah. midst of, in the yeah. midst of a, a sort of depression related to testicular cancer and you also had meningitis at one point didn't you which was like you had a rough a rough few years there yeah I, I think the meningitis was probably the final the straw <laughs> that broke the camel's back <laughs> yeah uh, yeah and actually funnily you know again brain in brain trauma or brain injury can affect your testosterone so that probably was relevant to my story that that kind of peaked me over the edge um because but, meningitis is brain trauma because it's attacks well, it's well, it's in, in, by 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 definition, it's inflammation of your men meninges, which is the sort of layer covering your brain and your spinal cord. Mm. So, if that's inflamed, I mean, 
plus you know it causes a lot of um stress on the body stress on the body again can impact your hormones so it's probably a bit of a combination of things really but yeah my my sort of story was basically uh, <laughs> and this is classic um it just highlights there is a lack of knowledge in, yeah. in in the medical world apart from very sort of um small areas where people specialize in this area um, i think a lot of people in the medical world and outside of the medical world view testosterone as something related to purely sex or libido or you know strength yeah and strength training you know because yeah. because bodybuilders might use a really high dose of testosterone people assume it's just for, for anabolic effects and that it doesn't really have much role outside of, you know, sexual function, libido and, and, and muscles, which is mm. completely missing a large proportion of, of why it's important. Uh, but broadly, no one really monitors testosterone levels either, do they? But you were fortunate in the sense that having, not fortunate, but having had testicular cancer, they were monitoring your testosterone levels. But the, yeah. the story here was that they reached a level where the medical practitioners your consultant was concerned by them but mm -hmm. unravel the picture because you believe that maybe they were too low for you relatively anyway and that's why they'd affected your mood etc maybe that perhaps yeah. the, the levels that they consider sort of clinically or acutely dangerous are too low for certain individuals it depends on where your base is does it yeah i mean absolutely i mean to put it sort of broad so testosterone is is measured in the in the uk and the levels by which is what is considered normal, you know, in inverted commas, uh, goes from about, I think it's about nine to 30, depending on what the lab is. Mm. So if you imagine that your testosterone will naturally decline as you get older, that's sort of normal aging process. Yeah. A 70 year old who, who returns a, norm, a level of testosterone of 10 may well be absolutely hunky dory. A 25-year-old who returns a level of 10, that is that not abnormal? You know, yeah. do you know what I mean? So hormones are so complex that I think I think there has to be more awareness or or perhaps knowledge of the fact that relative deficiency for that person exists. What about um, fertility then? Because obviously you were fertile in this period. What how does testosterone <laughs> interact with male fertility? Because that's a concern, particularly in the Western world, isn't it, of declining sperm yeah. counts, etc. Yeah, I think what's interesting is, or not interesting, perhaps scary, is the fact that there is, you know, research, you know, confirming is a difficult word to say, but certainly suggestive of testosterone levels dropping in, in young men, not just old men. Um, and alongside this, we have a, a reduction over time in semen volume or, mm. or you know, perhaps semen quality, maybe the word. Yeah, semen, semen, what density rather than volume would count. Yeah, so maybe yeah. count is the word. Yeah, maybe count, you know, sort yeah. of actual actual amount in, you know, each ejaculate is dropping. Yeah. They're not they're not necessarily sort of directly linked in the sense that so your testicles responsible for both, basically. You know, mm. 95 95% of your testosterone comes from your testicles in a man. Um your 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 semen is obviously made in your testicles. Now there is a they are they do interact in the sense that in order to make semen you know effective sperm you have to have test testosterone in the testicles in the area so yeah. um they are interlinked they both obviously involve the testicles so overall health the you know 
chemicals in the environment that can interact can affect both. And if you're mm. healthy, being exposed to a lot of pollutants that potentially affect your sort of homeostasis, you know, your endocrine system, which is your hormone system in the body, that they, they can be interlinked. They are made by two different cells in the testicles, though. Your semen is made by Sertoli cells or yeah. cells, and your testosterone is made by Leydig cells. So that they are made by two different cells, but they, the, the 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 cells that make the sperm have to have testosterone in the environment to be effective. So that's why they are interlinked. Yeah, so interlinked. There's other variables that that may affect everything as well. What did it feel like? We mentioned sort of the the clinical diagnosis of serotonin mm-hmm. and dopamine dropping because of a decline in testosterone production. What did that what did that feel like for you and how do you feel that people maybe don't realize that some symptoms they have might be might be testosterone dropping what was it like was it sort of it felt like a classic depression did it which people would traditionally have like cognitive behavioral therapy talking therapy for yeah i, I think i think it's genuinely um seen a lot in in sort of hormonal clinics where men end up on testosterone replacement that that man has already been on antidepressants yeah, you know, a lot of the time. And um, that doesn't necessarily help the picture because, you know, antidepressants aren't correct in the actual underlying issue. How it felt was pretty damn awful. <laughs> yeah, to put it bluntly. Um, it, it felt like every day was a slog. Um, I had uh, brain fog. My memory was shot. Um, energy levels, you know, I'd be happy if I could get 14 hours sleep a day, poor quality sleep, but I wanted to be in bed all the time, basically. Um, and it was kind of a case of, of living day to day because there was, uh, and this sounds really dramatic, but I suppose it was at the time, but pretty darn dramatic living day to day was because there was a necessity to live, you know, it wasn't a pleasure. And I think that's what shocked me into when I went on testosterone and my symptoms basically resolved. Um, that's what shocked me into thinking, blimey, this is, this is incredible. Like, you know, how did I not know this as a GP working for God knows how many, you know, I've been a doctor now for about 13 years and I didn't know any of this stuff about testosterone barring check it. If someone has erectile dysfunction, that was pretty much, (laughs) you know, that was pretty much what we get told, you know, you know, but, but so so what but is that a general philosophical structure that that, that modern medicine hasn't adjusted yet to a, a time and place where we we probably need more preventative medicine than reactive medicine is that is that potentially why that we should be monitoring these things because it's actually interesting i went to the gp the other day because a few mm-hmm. years ago my sister-in-law and brother-in-law had a 40 year old checkup thing which was like they, they test all your blood and everything like that at 40 it's available on the nhs Mm-hmm. Since, the, since the lockdown pandemic, et cetera, people haven't publicized it, but we actually called the GP and we got tests. So we're going to get the results next week. Hopefully they're all right. But it struck me as that no one really monitors anything. There's no, there's no sense of preemptive, just checking on people, whether it's lifestyle, prescription of exercise, sleep, et cetera, mm-hmm. or, or monitoring bloods. Do you think, is that a broader issue in, in medicine in, in this country, in the UK? And I'm, I'm guessing a lot of Western countries as well. I think the issue is there's a balance, isn't there, between health anxiety and over over yeah. overthinking things and thinking, I need this blood test to monitor it, you know, and it's well, do you feel unwell? No, but you know, so I think my my sort of desire or or push at least is is that if you have a, a couple of symptoms that could represent low testosterone, 
check it. You know, I don't necessarily think that there should be a monitoring in place for the average person, you know, because if you get a, a level of testosterone, which is slightly low, but you feel fine, you're not mm. going to do anything about it. But if you if you if you don't feel well with symptoms that could be linked to or, or, or that we know could be signs of low testosterone, then, you know, that combination, you know, low test, you've got you've got symptoms. Well, then how do we manage that? But I don't think necessarily that it's something that I would suggest needs sort of regular monitoring. Yeah. Because um, that could be a, a degree of sort of overkill and overthinking. What, what, what would be the symptom cluster that would indicate testosterone for you? Because you were linking sort of fatigue, mm -hmm. a sense of exhaustion, trying to get through the day and uh, a sort of pessimism, I guess, in inherent to that. But it sounds a lot like depression, but it also sounds brain fog, like long COVID that people are talking yeah, about. Yeah like glandular fever that I had, the symptoms yeah. sound very similar that I had as a, yeah. an, eight, an 18 year old. So what would you say if someone came to you, what would be the sort of combination of symptoms that would suggest that you'd go to look at the testosterone? Yeah, I, I think that's, 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 that's the point where I would say, you know, testosterone can cause, uh, I don't know, at least, at least maybe 15 different symptoms, you know? So what I would look, what, what I'm now looking at and changed my practice is, if there's a combination of symptoms that could be linked, then definitely check it. So I think the main one in a man, I think, and this is my personal opinion, and this isn't being done now, um, but I would like a testosterone check in if you're tired all the time for no mm. good reason, you know, and then you look at more specifics to testosterone. So, you know, maybe you're tired all the time and, you know, there's a degree of lack of motivation, apathy, um, maybe anxiety. Anxiety is a big part of, of, of low testosterone when you look at the, the testosterone clinics and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then you have things like we said about brain fog, certainly sexual dysfunction. I mean, that just ticks a box to get your testosterone level checked no matter what the rest of your symptoms are really, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, are you trying to say this to me? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just suggesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Carl has been messaging me. Yeah, oh, fair enough, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying, classic, God damn it, get him checked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and I could go on, you know, this is the, this is the problem because I've done so much research on it now, you know, there's, there's just so much bounding around in my head that I could suggest this could be low testosterone. Another but, thing. But, you, but you what, know, what about the interplay? You mentioned at the top there, you needing sleep, the interplay between sleep and testosterone, because a lot of the symptoms actually in terms of chronic fatigue or acute fatigue, like I get bad night's sleep it's probably two or three days a week, where I get to bed at 2am and you're never going to get great sleep particularly if zoe gives me a wake up at seven and then i try and go back to sleep etc but it's yeah you you feel knackered and washed out on those days but there's a there's a reason for it how much of this is about deciphering whether you have a reason similarly like with depression if you have a loss of a close relative then clearly there would be a natural sort of depressive episode which may not be chemical oh absolutely i think if you if you if you if you're feeling tired all the time because you're not looking after yourself or not able to look after yourself in terms of sleep, good diet, you know, you know, have a good routine to your life, then you know, I would probably try and tackle that first or at least accept that that you will get a degree of tiredness from it. But mm. I suppose what I what I mean is if you are sort of doing everything right in terms of, you know, getting your seven hours, seven, eight hours sleep, um, but you're still tired. Do you know what I mean? There's sort of no, you know, you, it's not that you're drinking 10 pints a night and you're tired. It's the fact that you're doing everything right. You know, you've looked at your stress levels, you've looked at your diet, you've looked at your sleep and you're still not really, you know, you're still not getting that recovery of sleep. 
So, so, so it's something abnormal rather than the yeah. usual aging process as well, where people generally have less yeah. energy as they get older. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, but, but funny enough, I mean, a lot of the anti-aging stuff in the US nowadays is focusing on things like testosterone replacement, even if, you know, not necessarily saying that, 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 that the older chaps have an abnormally low level, but actually there's kind of this thinking now that perhaps testosterone replacement can stave off some you know, signs or symptoms of aging. And what, what are the downsides of testosterone replacement though? Is there something, does it sort of burn bright? Yeah, there isn't any. Does it burn, burn brighter for shorter? Is that what they think that sometimes it can burn you out more quickly? Um, so I, I think, I think we get, that's a complex area. So originally, um, well, basically because if, if you're asking how many studies are there of people say going on testosterone at my age, you know, in your thirties yeah. for life, because if I come off it, then I'll be in a worse position than I was before I went on it. Because, because your testicles give up natural production, do they? Yeah. So it's a feedback loop. So right now my brain is no longer telling my testicles to do anything. You know, mm. you know, the, 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 the feedback loop is shut off because my brain is saying, you've got plenty of testosterone. We're not, we don't need to send any messages. Sure. If I was to come off my testosterone, potentially I may recover to where I was before, but possibly and probably worse than I was before. Yeah. Because everything is like, um, got worse. And was it chiefly because you had the one testicle removed? Is that why your testosterone dropped so precipitously? Uh, I would, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be the logical answer. Um, you know, the the endocrinologist I saw, who was the chap who ended up saying, yeah, I think this all, or at least a lot of it could be low testosterone. Um, and it gets complicated because my messenger, my messages, mess messengers from the brain that would normally stimulate your testicles to, to do their work, um, they weren't abnormally raised, which you'd normally expect. Because yeah. if, you're, if your testosterone's low, then your brain will tell your testicles, get on with it. You know, what are you doing? You're not, you're not doing enough. And those messengers will go high. Mine weren't really high. So that implied that perhaps it was a mix of the two. You know, maybe my brain had given up telling my testicles to get on with it. Maybe well, Was that because of the neurotransmitters? Would that, would that be involved in that, the serotonin? No, no, it would, no it's, a, it's a separate system to your, your dopamine and serotonin. Um, you know, the endocrinologist mentioned about did the meningitis have an effect on, you know, mm. part, you know, on the part of the brain that sends the messages to the testicles? Well, there's two parts of the brain, but, it, you know, that's probably a bit complex for your listeners to go into. But your brain is kind of like the, 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 the boss who tells your testicles what to do. And if you imagine if you had meningitis, I don't know whether that maybe had an effect. You know, maybe it wasn't working as well as it should have been. This is bacterial meningitis, was it, versus... It was viral, which viral. Is viral, which is tends to be, you know, uh, less deadly and, 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 and you know, particularly le less severe in general. But uh, obviously, it's still not pleasant. No. You had a whirlwind of events. And also the symptoms people might be listening who have been diagnosed or know people have been diagnosed with underactive thyroid. They, are, oh, they yeah. are they comparable to that? Are they connected at all? The production oh, of yeah. thyroxine yeah. and testosterone? Yeah, big time. Um, well, 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 as in, in terms of the symptoms of hypothyroidism, so low, low, low thyroid levels in the in the body. Yeah. Th so there's a big crossover there. And actually, because of, you know, that that's sort of the two or the two sort of parts of the brain that, that send the messages to the testicles. The, it's called the anterior pituitary gland is the one that sends it down to the testicles that that gland also sends messages to the thyroid. 
Yeah. So if you have a problem um, with that gland in the brain, then you can also get a combination of the two. Really? Yeah. I mean, if you have things like tumors and things like that growing in that part of the brain, so that um, can affect it can affect your testosterone and your thyroxine production. Yeah, yeah, and even your even like your cortisol and things. So you a lot of stuff can be affected if there's a tumor there, for example, or if you have like really bad brain trauma, for example, yeah. a lot of army. Uh, so you know, there's there's the sort of patients who who have been in the army and had sort of brain injuries from explosions and things like that that can have their hormones really affected because because of all that. <laughs> Your hormones affected. You mentioned a sort of gradual deterioration in your <laughs> how you felt, which was obviously symptomatic of presumably of a gradual deterioration in testosterone levels. Mm-hmm. How much is the of the awareness for people is about realizing what's normal? Because if you go over a number of years, you almost don't realize until you get to a sort of rock bottom mm-hmm. that, that what's normal or not. You don't realize how much energy you know the bloke next door has yeah. or the bloke down the road compared to you. It's very much an internal processes is part of it convincing people they don't have to feel tired all the time because there's a social adage isn't there people go around in a cliche saying oh i'm so tired all the time to everyone that you may feel that other people feel the same way but there's something particularly profound about the experience in a negative way that that people may be experiencing yeah i think i think that's the problem because all symptoms are essentially um individual aren't they And, and and you're what is normal what is normal for you, you know, five years ago compared to today? Well, a lot's happened in five years. So, you know, a lot can happen, a lot can change in your life. So it's difficult sometimes to look back. I mean, I look back after about a year following the surgery. And I would say now looking back in hindsight, I can say, yeah, that's when things started. You Mm -hmm. know, that's the, you know, that's hindsight in a nutshell. You, You know, everybody would love have hindsight you know at the time and say well this doesn't feel quite right so it's really difficult I mean I think you just have to what's what's you know look at your lifestyle because that's important for natural testosterone yeah. and then you know judge is there something off here and, and the simplest thing to do would be if you did think there was something off is see someone you know like a medical professional GP and if you are feeling sort of t- abnormally tired all the time, then you get a, a, a series of blood tests, which, you know, fingers crossed might in, include a testosterone. But, but obviously, as it felt like on testosterone here, because yeah. it's what we're discussing, but, but there's I, other things. I think there are parallels, as you say, for thyroxine. There's parallels even yeah. for a good, a good night's sleep. If you've been chronically underslept, you feel yeah. sort of slightly pessimistic and down. You have a good night's sleep and suddenly the whole world opens up and you feel very much more optimistic. And you're like, oh, this is how people feel. I think often we yeah. forget how we feel when we're in tip-top shape if we've had that gradual deterioration. Yeah. And I mean, I could I could link that to testosterone. <laughs> you know, yeah. if, if you have a poor night's sleep, particularly if it's consistent, your testosterone levels won't be as good. That's mm. just, you know, that's, that's, that's proven. Good night's sleep, good hormonal homeostasis, you know, as in sort of regulation of your hormones. Is what, what, what is a good night's sleep then for testosterone? What would you say that for an average person who doesn't have a low testosterone? Average? Yeah. Well, I think it's good that there's going to be, there's going to be genetic variation in, 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 in your, or, or sort of uh, human to human variation in what is a, a, a sort of your natural testosterone as well. That's the thing is some, someone might feel great and have a half the testosterone of someone else who feels all right. Mm. Um, so I would, you know, you, when I talk about to people about improving your testosterone or just basically having good hormonal levels, 
you just look at every every other self-help person out there who says get your seven eight hours sleep good quality yeah. sleep and that should do you you know different people need different amounts of sleep but if you're kind of saying you know maybe somewhere between six and six and nine but any well-being coach or any well-being yeah you know health person is probably going to recommend good night's sleep you know is that, is that broadly as a doctor, the first place you would start with most people in terms of a health overhaul before even exercise and nutrition, you start with sleep? Ideally, yeah. Um, I suppose you're going into that world, that realm of how much do people want um, that answer from me and how much do they want, take this, you know, Tab take a tablet. this medication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I think it's a, I think it's a, a thing about the Western world, isn't it? How much do people actually commit to self-help versus want just a quick fix? Mm. Yeah, you but know? I think I mean, like I said, I think sleep can be a quick fix. In, in, in oh, yeah. When, yeah when, when you get it, how you how you immediately feel better. But is it circular with testosterone? So if you get bad sleep, your testosterone dips. And you, I think, mentioned to me in the past that potentially that then affects your sleep. So it becomes a vicious mm. cycle where. You don't sleep well, your testosterone drops, and then you can't sleep as well because your testosterone is lower. Is that true? Over time, I wouldn't necessarily say if you don't get one night good night's sleep or a couple of good nights sleep, you're going to tank your testosterone and then your sleep's going to be poor. But certainly a symptom of low testosterone um, is poor sleep quality. And that's all to do with the balance within the body. You know, testosterone is kind of, uh, what's the what would be the word it kind of counteracts cortisol to an extent so it improves your stress resilience mm. and, and it's also calming people don't people gather this concept that testosterone makes you really aggressive and, and angry and you want to get in fights and you want to go out and do bad things but actually if you look at sort of the symptoms of low testosterone and then you look at the the, the resolution of those symptoms with testosterone replacement it's actually pretty damn calming and kind of gives you quite good perspective on life. But isn't there an argument that it amplifies whatever you are, it energizes whatever you are. So if you're an aggressive person, it may give you the potential to be more aggressive. But if you're a calmer person, actually, it does yeah. amplify that as well. That is the only, <laughs> that's kind of that, that. So, so testosterone has, and I don't want to go too complicated, but testosterone has an effect on your amygdala or amygdala, yeah. um, which is kind of like your fight and flight or, you know, yeah. sort of, so adrenaline and cortisol yeah yeah and it has an effect and it's not necessarily make you more aggressive it certainly would you know th there's evidence that it makes you more competitive um mm. but then there's personality traits within that isn't there where you know someone might take that um drive and be more aggressive um someone might take that drive and just be more focused yeah um, so it gives you more more of perhaps what you are naturally let's say so yeah definitely there are people who perhaps that's what that's what I saw some uh, a TR a testosterone replacement doctor say is that testosterone doesn't make you more aggressive but perhaps if you're an angry person it might make you more of that but more, more capacity yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and I, so it, it's really complicated because what 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 we're talking about there is kind of your brain and, mm. and your brain isn't sort of as simple as this that or the other it's kind of like so many feedback systems and and neurotransmitters what, and gene what, receptors. What is the relationship like with cortisol? You said the testosterone can counteract cortisol. How can cortisol, if it's if levels are elevated for too long, how does that affect testosterone mm -hmm. production as well? Because cortisol is interesting. We like to label things. 
And you mentioned mm-hmm. the well-being community is almost like silver bullet stuff. Like dopamine becomes inextricably linked with smartphone use and things yeah. like that. And we don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't, yeah. th- we don't think about them all as part of a, a balanced picture because people like Andrew yeah. Huberman from Stanford, the neuroscientist, would say that cortisol is actually really important in the morning to get yeah. you up and going. But if yeah. it's elevated for too long, it can be counterproductive. What, what's the relationship with testosterone like? It's, it's it's exactly that really. You know, your cortisol will peak in the morning your testosterone will peak in the morning and both will generally gradually reduce as the day goes on. Um, The problem is the balance. So if you have low testosterone, it's almost like your cortisol is, then you become more of a flight or uh, flight or what's the word again? Fight or flight. Fight or fight. Um, You're in more of a state of that. So that's why it can lead to anxiety. You have low testosterone, your cortisol is kind of not counterbalanced. So, And, and, and an elevated stress levels we know can impact your testosterone as well, which is probably related to cortisol and, and that sort of balancing act between the two. Yeah. And irregular sleep patterns can affect cortisol as well, can't they? If you go to bed late, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's, again, why the sleep has an impact on your testosterone level. It's all, it is all about balance. I mean, the problem with the well-being community is they often just say, this is the problem. You know, mm. this is the problem. You're looking at your phone too much. You're going to die, you yeah. know, which is probably a case <laughs> of maybe <laughs> Don't look at your phone too much. <laughs> that's, that's like our mum, that. <laughs> ah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it's, we're, we're talking about this stuff broadly. Talk about the types of testosterone replacement because you've been on a journey through that the past couple of years, haven't you? And you've now, yeah. you now inject testosterone as opposed to what was the previous approach? Yeah, so about I think I've, I've been on testosterone replacement now for about, what what is February about 13 months I think I think I started it January last year um and 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 we not to go into too much detail but the NHS maybe doesn't offer the best treatment options um okay so on the NHS you have a a gel um which you obviously rub in and ideally you rub it into hairless areas which is not easy if you're naturally hairy like Draper men um <laughs> and, and, and so you rub a gel in, it absorbs, not particularly well, but it absorbs, um, and you get a bump in your testosterone. But people, are, people around you, like kids and your wife, can get this as well. Yeah, right? exactly. yeah. yeah, I mean, Katie has never made such muscle gains in her life. <laughs> but, but, but um, yeah, so that's the problem. That's the big, that's the major issue. There's two major issues with the gel, and, 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 and one is that, you know, the absorption, how good is it and, and how consistent is the absorption? Because from day to day, depending on how clean your skin is, depending on how, if you've been for X, if you've just done a jog, maybe it's your skin's mm. permeable. Um, yeah. And also the half-life is not that long. So it gets broken down, particularly in young men, quite quickly. So do you sauna or a hot bath before a testosterone application in a gel then? Would that open your pores more that you'd put potentially... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I've never... Yeah. I've never looked at the research on saunering before you apply. I think, I think saunering is one of my testosterones for you. I think it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's my, 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 my elixir of, uh, yeah. of life. But, it's, but then now you, you've, tra- you, you've developed onto a, what, a more regularized process. Because that was the gel yeah. regular or was the gel sporadic? I can't oh, no, the gel, the gel is each morning. And some would okay. argue you should apply it twice a day because maybe if you're, particularly if you're younger, you break it down quite quickly. But yeah, NHS-wise, gel you know, X amount of pumps each morning, every day, and that replaces your natural, you know, as in it, it replaces what you've got and more. That's the idea of all testosterone replacement. You're low, so here's what you, you know, here's the replacement. 
How, how is it measured? You, you said it's like if it was single, oh, it's down to eight or it's 10 or whatever. What is that? Yeah. What does that mean? Is that millimoles per kilogram or something? Or uh, oh, the units. It's, it's nanomoles per deciliter, isn't it? Yeah, oh, nanomoles, okay. per, nanomoles per liter. Sorry, that's the UK uh, uh, measurements of units. In the US, they use um, nanograms per deciliter. So their numbers sound a lot higher than ours. Okay. Um, so in the yeah. US, I think their normal level is something like 200 to 1,000 or level. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that gets, that gets confusing if you're trying to consume transatlantic content. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. So I've watched a hell of a lot of YouTube videos on <laughs> testosterone and things, and I end up being like, his levels are 400. <laughs> so I yeah. end up being like, I need to speak to me doctor here. But um, yeah, so sorry. Yeah, the gel was what I was on first. And then I had an option, basically, of either going on a long-acting injection through the mm. NHS, um, which, you know, as you can imagine, you're giving yourself a huge dose. And although the theory is that it's slow release, the evidence perhaps is not that impressive that it is necessarily slow release. Well, it is slow release, but you get a bump and, you know, you get these um, big rises and then a plateau before your next injection. So you're on a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, yeah. So my preference from the research I did, which was kind of like basically like a year of constant consumption of TRT information, was that gold standard would appear to be regular injections, either shallow IM, which would be your delts, maybe, you know, so small, like sort of almost like an insulin needle is what yeah. they use, or subcutaneous, which is just in your belly fat. Okay. And you do that fairly regularly. What happens, you know. if you got, what happens if you've got no belly fat, though? It might be a problem for me. In the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm approaching 5% body fat. So oh, I yeah, of course. That's the options here. <laughs> I'm stage ready now at this point. So hey, that, That's a spectrum as well. Don't want to get too low on body fat. That's a big, uh, a big one. That yeah, people, absolutely. People You've, you, you, mentioned, you sent some notes to me. You said you wanted to allay fears about prostate cancer, heart disease, and high T versus low T risks, et cetera. Talk about yeah. that because people, is that a, is that a sort of a common myth that people associate testosterone replacement with heart problems? I think the big, the big thing um, was, and this is quite interesting how they came to this conclusion was that they, there was this fear that testosterone replacement caused prostate cancer or increased your risk of prostate cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the theory behind that is that your prostate gland um, is it has receptors for DHT, which is, you know, testosterone is broken down into DHT, which is dihydrotestosterone. So the theory, and, and then what they see is if you get prostate cancer, often the treatment will be to get rid of your testosterone because mm. prostate cancer loves testosterone and it goes crazy for it. <laughs> okay. So, okay. But the difference is if you don't have prostate cancer, then the, that association is not like the high testosterone yeah. or the relatively high testosterone causes the cancer in the first. It, it might be a consideration for older men because there's, a, there's that sort of um, kind of comment that's banded around that mm -hmm. most men die with prostate cancer. But presumably if you were a 75 yeah. year old guy who was pumping testosterone, you would accelerate the prostate cancer. It may become a, a, mortality, a, a mortality threat rather than accompaniment to death when you when you do die. Yeah, if you've got prostate cancer, it's kind of one of the contraindications to testosterone replacement. Yeah. But then any, you know, any good provider should really check your, at least check your PSA before they prescribe you testosterone replacement. You, you mentioned symptoms and things like that as well. And you, you sort of, we joked about libido and things, but 
and that testosterone levels are highest in the morning, the classic kind of morning glory that men get is yeah. that, and if, yeah. that, if that disappears, is that a sign that maybe you're a, underslept or be under testosterone? Yep. So one of the symptoms of, of when you go on testosterone replacement is you might notice that the, 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 the overnight, you know, boners become more, and that's, <laughs> that's actually the medical terminology. <laughs> yeah. the, medical, uh, that was good medical. I'm glad that mum and dad spent that money on your medical school because that's really <laughs> some technical, technical words there. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if people don't understand, that means erections. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. No. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the symptoms of replacement can obviously be that you start to notice more morning wood or overnight erections. Overnight erections and, 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 and morning erections are kind of like a really natural thing to occur. But, you know, like we said, with age, testosterone will decline and that's not necessarily a pathology. Mm. So it might get less often, but yeah, if you're a young bloke and you're not getting as many erections overnight, you know, morning erections, then it's something to consider. But erections yeah. are kind of like everything in your body, erections are kind of multifactorial as well. It's not just your testosterone level per se, mm. you know, but it's something definitely to consider. I mean, if you notice a change with your erections, then, you know, obviously I'm a testosterone fanatic, so I would be like, get it checked, you know, yeah. but that's, that's yeah. you know, and again, there might be lifestyle issues as well, like sleep depletion, depletion or yeah. kind of or other aspects yeah. that, would, that would affect that stress levels, which again, it all interplays yeah. as part of the broader picture, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think I think what we're talking about is balance, you where, know, where, balance in, in every in every essence, really. Where do women fit into this picture then? Because if men feel so whacked not having testosterone, why don't women feel whacked? Because they naturally don't have testosterone. How do they? And I know they have some testosterone, but yeah. not nearly as much. What? Is there yeah. a, do women need to monitor testosterone at all or what's your take on that well this is really interesting actually and uh, <laughs> to me it is anyway but but um so there's a lot of stuff that's kind of filtering through um to day-to-day -day practice for me and, and other gps and nurse practitioners and things about hrt yeah and the fact that for a long time testosterone was not really part of hrt for women yeah but now there's more push for it um, because we know that women, I think it's about 10% women have. 10% um, of men's. Yeah, I think so. And, and most of that is produced by their adrenal glands, their ovaries, mm. um, and, and there's some conversion in peripheral tissue as well. But so, yes, it is important to them, though. Evidently, the likeliness is they don't need as much so you know but, but affecting your testosterone levels in a woman can have symptoms so if you look at so and this is this is something that i found intriguing on my testosterone journey was that the combined oral contraceptive pill in women mm. really knacker their testosterone levels okay through various sort of fairly complex because heavily estrogen is it yeah it just basically anything you do that skews your own body's feedback loop with hormones can affect them so yeah. if you are replacing essentially so it's not it's not hormonal replacement therapy but you're putting estrogen and progesterone in your body mm. so what's your body doing about the testosterone that it would normally produce because you're basically shutting down a lot of the feedback yeah so their testosterone their free testosterone which is what is active in the body i think and i don't i, I might be misquoting here but it can drop by something like 40 percent mm. which when you already don't have high levels of testosterone and then you're tanking them further, a lot of women don't feel right on the combined pill. And I do wonder myself, and I don't know if this has been theorized by other people, but I do wonder if that's because of 
the effect on the testosterone. It's, it, you mentioned there about testosterone dipping naturally then for, for men and women as they get older. What should a normal, quote unquote, normal man who's having a gradual degradation of testosterone do? Should they do anything? Should they try and maintain it? Or should they feel that over years they'll accept the fact they've got slightly less testosterone, less energy, less ability yeah. to build muscle in the gym, whatever it might be? I think it depends on where you live. <laughs> I think if you live <laughs> in the USA and you've got good private insurance, then hang you on it. Um, but I, I, I think it depends on how you feel. I mean, if you go to the doctors and, 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 and you, like, like we said before, when we were talking about the symptoms and things, if you're, if you're feeling like ab, abnormal in, in, in a variety of symptoms that we went over about testosterone deficiency, then, you know, get it checked. And if it's maybe sort of in a certain range, then consider or at least speak to someone about it. Yeah. But I don't think you can say that aging and natural decline in testosterone is a pathology. It's normal. Yeah. I suppose it, then it becomes that point at which, when is it abnormal? And I think that's patient specific. That's person yeah. specific and level. You know, people talk about checking your blood levels. You've got to, you've got to look at that blood level and then look at the person. Mm. It's not just, oh, this blood results abnormal. You know, you've got to look at that person and say, but he feels bloody great. It's, yeah. You know, he doesn't have <laughs> anything, you know? Uh, what, what about um, other symptoms quickly? Because you, you, you sent us some anecdotal photos of your, your hair and things like that. You mentioned DHT. <laughs> is, that, is that something that, that men who have got a great head of hair have to be worried about and they go on testosterone replacement therapy? That, I know it's a Draper thing that we, it would be hard to pass it apart <laughs> because there's a, there's a strong tendency for hair loss in the family. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, you've, just, you've, just, you've highlighted it there at the end. Basically, um, can testosterone replacement... I suppose, is that what you're saying? Can testosterone replacement have an impact on your hair? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it can if you have that underlying genetic propensity to, to, to hair loss, you know? Um, so the, if, you, if, you, if you've got no family history of balding and you go on TRTs, you know, it shouldn't by itself because what you're doing is essentially replacing what you've lost. So it's not, it's not testosterone that causes male pattern baldness is that right it's the dht which is a was that yeah. substrate what do you how would you term that substrate of testosterone or a yeah so testosterone in a bloke gets converted to two you know two things from testosterone so testosterone does stuff in the body yeah and, and then part of it in 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 tissues will be either converted to dht or estrogen so blokes have estrogen estrogen is not a bad word for men um, it's really, it's got a lot of health benefits uh, in blokes. If you, if you get rid of all your estrogen, you're in trouble. Um, <laughs> same, same with DHT. So DHT gets made in, in your skin, uh, in your prostate and, and I th I, other places as well. Um, so DHT, yeah, that's what's uh, sort of blamed for male pattern baldness, but you have to have almost like that genetic propense, that genetic sort of propensity to, to, to suffer from it as well. If you yeah. give a bloke DHT, who's, who's got no genes for hair loss, he won't lose any hair. Or I don't it's, it's, like, it's like food sensitivities and genetic, things like that, potentially different people. Yeah, I mean, the genes yeah. and, and, and the response to hormones is really interesting as well. But are, are testosterone levels dropping broadly in the Western world? And if so, why? You mentioned estrogen. People say there's more estrogen in, a, in our environment with the yeah. water, and et cetera. Is, is, that, is that an issue? Are they dropping? I don't know. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, the research would suggest so alongside, um, like we said about semen samples and things like that being less uh, full. 
So yeah, they are. They are. The research would suggest they are dropping. I'm just trying to look. I mean, I mean, I remember I read a study in the. I think it's called the Urology Times. It's like a a, a USA. It was a research study done in um, in the US, and it looked at trends in serum testosterone levels in uh, adolescent and young adult men. Mm. And it looked at like sort of samples from 1999 all the way through to 2016 and 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 the conclusion was yeah they're dropping and 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 there's there's could be multiple factors in that you know people are less active uh people are more overweight um people but then there's all this sort of this other area which is kind of being researched but also kind of not put out there in what? the main media which is about endocrine disrupting chemicals which is like plastics yeah. and things like that yes yeah, which are phthalates, they call them, I think. Is that right? Phthalates? And there's, there's, yeah. yeah, and there's there's about, I think they I think they know of about 35 EDCs, they're called ED, they're abbreviated to EDCs that are in our environment that we get exposed to fairly regularly. You know, drinking water, all sorts of things, really. So, so what are some of the things that we can do to navigate a world that is potentially set up at the moment to diminish testosterone? Should we lift weights should we take cold showers should we be involved in combat sports you know that i understand that they they can elevate testosterone fighting if you if you like in a, in a regulated and safe way um as safe as it as it can be what, or doing anything competitive does that raise testosterone what's the guidelines of a, a good picture i suppose starting with with sleep and consistent sleep as you said at the top yeah i i think I, I think the thing is with testosterone is is if you look at ways to improve it, it's kind of just having like a healthy lifestyle, you know. Yeah. It's, it's and and then you get onto more um, specific recommendations, like you know, like we said about avoiding maybe endocrine disrupting chemicals, which is not completely possible because everything, you know, is is potentially if you if you're worried about that, you won't you won't leave the house. But try to seek food out that's potentially whole food, but not wrapped in plastic. Some of these um, delivery services now will bring you lettuces in a box rather than lettuces in a plastic. Yeah, sheet. yeah, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know how much the environmental people would like that. It, 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 I mean, would, I mean, not the environmental people, but the the um, the companies would like that because obviously it's going to cost some money, but and it's going to cost you as an individual. Well, there's more. so many plastic bags, though, aren't there? On everything, it's oh, amazing it's how much wrapping. Like yeah. certain things have layers of wrapping. You know, that's incredible. Yeah. When you start to think about it and you go around the supermarket, you basically, you become more and more terrified if you take it too seriously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so to, so to boost your natural levels, it's, yeah, it's all about healthy lifestyle. So I, I would recommend certainly eating from um, all three food, main food groups. So your macros, so your carbohydrates, your protein and your, your fats, because each one will serve a purpose in a mm. complex way into maintaining good hormonal balance. And so I wouldn't might, might get in trouble with your keto listeners and your carnivore <laughs> listeners. But, but I I I think that for my research, a varied diet is important. I think ultimately, you know, what about, it, what about a vegan diet? How would that interplay with testosterone if at all? Well, I don't know really. I mean, the, the thing is that there's a lot of benefit to. I mean, Dad was talking about it, wasn't he, on the other podcast about. Um, the benefits of you know for example the b vitamins and things like that. vitamin b12 specifically yeah. yeah specifically yeah. yeah so um i suppose there's benefits to animal fat if you look at it this way testosterone is made from cholesterol and mm. all that. so 
Cholesterol gets a bad name, but it is pretty darn important. Um, so you want to get good fats in your in your system, and and obviously vegans can get that. I believe you know. For, I don't know too much about. Well, the good cholesterol is lower yeah. density lipoprotein. Is it LDP? Is that the better cholesterol of the two? And it's higher density. Uh, LDL is meant to be the bad guy, and HDL oh, okay. is meant to be the good guy. Um, so kind of HDL is kind of termed the cleanup the cleanup cholesterol because it's supposed to sort of remove. Yeah, or buildups of cholesterol, whereas LDL is supposed to deposit it. And eggs, eggs have HDL, do they? Is that right? I think is. Yeah, they've got a combination, yeah. but the, the eggs going in out of fashion. I think they're in fashion now. I think eggs are healthy. Mm. Uh, I think a good protein diet to support a good muscle mass is important for hormonal levels. And and like you said before, you said about lifting weights. Definitely, I mean resistance training, compound lifts. So that's things like deadlifts, squats, bench press multiple multiple joints involved yeah, exactly. so big, big movements yeah yeah the bigger the the, the the multiple muscle groups involved they have been shown to cause at least a temporary boost in your testosterone levels but it gets to a point where you don't want to be overtraining you don't want to be breaking that balance between stress that you're yeah. putting on your body and recovery so well, there's a, a bit <laughs> It's a bit like diet and everything, isn't it? Like, say, yeah. you, come back, you go around the houses and you think actually, sort of general omnivore whole food diet, if you're yeah. ethically okay with it, is is possibly yeah. the best for your health. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, because because I could go into too much complex detail on this. And and Katie, when I was talking about, you know, oh, Ed wants to talk about testosterone. She's yeah. like, just keep it simple because <laughs> you know, don't start talking about luteinizing hormone and all of this stuff. Yeah. And I went, oh man, but it's all in the kid. <laughs> So, but yeah, the, 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 the honest answer is it's the answer to a lot of stuff. You know, you look at blood pressure control. How do I reduce my cardiovascular risk of heart attacks? Balance, exercise, eat a good diet, sleep well, reduce your stress, you know, and that, that is basically the same for hormones as well. And, and don't check it unless you're worried. Is that what you, we come back to? Unless the symptoms are there? Yeah, I think, I, yeah, I think so. And like I, I say, it's hard on the NHS. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, do, you, do you do that MOT check at 40 at your practice? Yeah. Um, is it 40? I thought it's 50, to be honest. I think maybe right. they've, I've got it early. They've looked, they've looked at you and thought, he needs a check. He's yeah. struggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Struggling there. Um, the it might be 40. To be honest, it's done by our nurses. So we only get the blood results. And yeah. Unless they're really off. Well, unless they're off, we don't get too involved with the NHS health checks as a GP. And you can't afford to go into too much detail, can you? So it's not going to be that new. It's going to be alarm bells at a very low level where someone... Who can who can read their own level or or have a qualified person look at it would be probably quite good, right? If it's eleven or twelve on the scale, that yeah. may not may not kind of raise alarms for the GP because they've got lots of other things to worry about. But for personally, if it's dropped from twenty, that's a big a big shift. It, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is literally in the guidance from. So there's two there's 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 different guidelines for testosterone, um, and one of the guidelines suggests if it's between sort of nine and twelve or, or something like the, it's called the British Sexual. Oh, I've lost the words now. BSSM. Um, so it's it's the Sexual Medicine Guidelines in the UK. It differs from what the endocrinologists look at. Yeah, both involved with sex hormones. And and the and the cutoff for the um, British Society of Sexual Medicine, I've got it there, remembered it, um, is different. And there's yeah. this there's this called this like this sort of grey area. I think they call it the orange zone, where if it's kind of low but not below what's termed normal, then you can consider replacement if people have symptoms. Yeah. Mm. And then if you look even further afield into the private sector of testosterone replacement, um, 
then even then there's more individual sort of yeah and would what should you be do you know what i mean would you start with lifestyle stuff first though would if someone wasn't sleeping they're doing shift work would you say can you switch to day shifts can you start lifting weights can you start eating a more healthy diet would that be where you'd start or would it be you know you, you'd think actually you go for some sort of um exogenous testosterone i think if you can avoid if you can avoid a lifelong commitment to testosterone replacement mm. through natural methods of optimizing your health then yes I think it depends on how and why are you there. So for me, I couldn't optimize my life anymore because me, one of me- Perfect. Yeah, I, well, I was perfect already. A lot of people will, <laughs> will agree with me there. Um, but, um, you know, I was running off one, you know, one tire on a bike, basically. So I couldn't really optimize myself anymore. But if you can look at someone and say, your levels are on the low side, um, but your diet and lifestyle could do with some work, Alcohol, then, alcohol and cold showers just came to me. What, what, what about those and testosterone? Um, so I think cold showers related to reducing like sort of cortisol and stress. So potentially but boost, boosting dopamine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah. It potentially would have a knock on effect, I suppose, on your hormones um, and, and, and overall benefit. Again, if cold showers make you like because it's supposed to reduce your stress, isn't it? So, again, mm. that's positive. That's a positive for hormone levels. Um and alcohol is a pretty potent or well i say pretty potent it's an aromatizer so what alcohol can do is um affect your testosterone levels by a it messes with your sleep quality obviously and two um it can it promotes the conversion into estrogen okay so because so, it's associated with lower sperm counts as well isn't it Al too much alcohol yeah, and that's probably as well because it affects the testicular cells themselves, you know, as in it's, it's unhealthy to obviously drink too much and too regularly. Um, and it's, yeah, it's multifactorial like everything, you know, it, it, it affects your sleep quality. It affects testosterone being switched into estrogen, which is not always great because we live in a fairly more estrogenic society. Where, yeah. you know, a lot of people are overweight, which again is a promoter of testosterone into estrogen. So body, body, check your body mass index where you stand, which I know is difficult if, you, yeah. if you've got a muscular mass, it may distort that picture, but it's it's a good sort of general over, overview, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's again, it's that balance of, you know, it's all well-being stuff, being a good BMI or at least being a good body uh, muscle to fat ratio, you know? Mm. What about you then? What are you going to do now? Because people might be interested in this and you're committed because you're a general practitioner still. Are you going to lean into this? Is this going to be a calling for you to... To, to yeah, publicize, within the... publicize, publicize testosterone to, to help yeah, people. Yeah. I'll probably star in some shows, I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, get me on. Uh... I was trying to remember their, their names. Is it Holly Willoughby and, and, and is it Phil? Is Phil that... Schofield. Yeah, yeah I think Phil Schofield. Get me on there, I think. I think Joe Rogan's the modern way of getting across uh, big information, isn't it? But I don't know. Yeah. Well, he's what... on TRT, isn't he? As well as, as well as the Sport and Life podcast. He is on mm -hmm. TRT. You're right, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And But what about... Yeah, you are you... Are you going to sort of work as a consultant, especially because there's opportunity to do this, isn't it, in, in private medicine? Yeah, I mean, that's the hope. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the hope is to, you know, uh, move into doing a lot, a lot, you know, work with testosterone replacement clinic, you know. Because people can't right now, they can't follow you. You haven't got a Facebook page or a, a blog or anything that they can follow that 
no, I'm off. I'm off. I'm off the net. I'm like, I'm like John Connor. You're, you're on it all the time. I see you watching the YouTube videos. <laughs> but why, why don't you? But is that a potential avenue for you to spread some information about that to, to develop? Because you've clearly done an incredible amount of research. It's very personal to you. It feels mm-hmm. a, mis- a mission might be a, a strong word, but it feels like a bit, you know, something to to dedicate yourself to. That's a natural dedication. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it doesn't feel like work to me. That's the thing. Is um, you know, it's 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 changed my life. So as you can imagine, as a doctor as well, it's kind of like if something's changed your life, then I want to know more about it. And then know how I can help other people. Because if if you're where I was two years ago, and then someone said, you know what, you can go on this thing, (laughs) probably that probably doesn't really have any health long-term risk compared to being low testosterone, you know, Mm -hmm. because low testosterone carries its own risks. um, Then, you're going to be pretty passionate about it when you go on it and you're like, whoa, this actually is curative. This is incredible. It feels like night and day to you, does it, where you were two years ago? You feel oh, like what, like you were 10 years ago, do you, if you're going back there? Yeah, I mean, I feel better than I did 10 years ago because I know more now. Yeah. And I know how to, because in the journey to get to diagnosis of low testosterone and replacement, I did everything under the sun to get better. Mm. You know, I took, you know, I took to meditation. I took to mindfulness. I took to regular exercise, which I tried to optimize, even though it felt awful. And I was weak <laughs> when I was weak as a kid. Um, so I did, I did gratitude diary, you know, journal, everything like that, which I still do to this day. Cause I love gratitude journaling, but mm. like I did all of these sorts of things that, so now I'm in a place where I have my hormones kind of optimized in speech marks, you know, Plus, I've got all of this knowledge from self-help. But all, all those other th- self-help stuff was kind of like window dressing. This was this sort of core drive for change, was it? Yeah, exactly. It was kind of like I would do, you know, I would meditate and I'd feel like, oh, that just gives me a bit of rest. Now my brain can be quiet and I can, you know, get. And then I would get up out of bed and I'd be like, oh, my God. No. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> really As yeah. it continues, you know, so it continues. So, yeah, that was all kind of. It, that was about trying to survive rather than thrive. That's mm. how I put it. You know, those things allowed me to survive. Yeah, a meditation I think is good, but it's interesting about a chap called Lauren Holiday on who did a little meditation on here, but it was a minute thing and it's designed to be one that you dive into and he uses sound as a as a catalyst for for focus effectively, but it's like a, mi- a minute thing. There's your, there's your dog. Is that Wilson? Yeah, yeah, he's got... Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, he's, he's loving it, he's isn't he? Low, he's got low testosterone, I think. <laughs> But but it, but that, that yeah that, that meditation one's an interesting one. So I think like you say, you can feel very calm. It's whether you can then feel calm later. Anyway, Doctor Max yeah. and Draper, been great to get you on the podcast. I usually ask people where to follow people online, but you're not online at the moment. We'll have to get you on there with a blog or something. <laughs> I'm, off, I'm off the grid. People could sign up to. But I, I'm glad you're feeling well. It's been a really tough road for you the past few years up there in yeah. in, in Newcastle as well. So we haven't always got to see that right. much. But it's been it's it's really cool. You got this, and, and thank you for sharing your insight, bro. Well, thanks very much. Yeah, sorry if I uh, rambled on a little bit. It's just, as I say, there's a lot There's a lot of stuff in in this noggin of mine about the subject, so I have to try and sort of uh, scale it back a little bit sometimes. No, I love it. And I think you should put more content, as they say, out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be very good, very good. Yeah. Speak to you soon, dude. Good man. Yeah, take care. Thanks for having me. Well, really glad that... A Max is okay now after a very difficult few years hit by a sort of barrage of very challenging things all at once in his life and that now he's feeling better physically and mentally and fascinating this picture around hormones, isn't it? And how much they can influence our lives and 
be responsible for physical and mental symptoms as well. And I think more and more insight is going, going to be found in that area in the coming months and years, I hope. And I hope that Max starts to put more out there. I know I'm going to get him on the podcast again as well and sharing that knowledge. But hopefully, I think if he could start a blog or something of his own nature, would certainly help a, a lot of guys out there. Please let me know if that helped you. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate it on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you might be listening. Just tell a friend, pass it on on WhatsApp. We're always uh, great. Write, write a review. That would be fantastic. But yeah, just listening to it is great. Thank you as well to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serena V, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. Remember, herringshoes.co.uk. Discount code is TED10 if you want some nice shoes. Fantastic. Last for decades. My father-in-law has had his since 1986. Discount code TED10, T-E-D, all capital letters, numerals, one zero, and applies to all full-price shoes, over £20. Remember, cytoplan.co.uk if you're looking to optimize your immunity, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk. At check out the code DRAPER10R, my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, numerals one zero, and the capital letter R, 30% off your first purchase, 10% ongoing. Remember, the uh, free mentoring sessions with Anthony Asprey, the whole man academy charges good money usually, but so he's combined with the podcast and you can follow the show notes link and have a good chat to him if you're not feeling stuck or not exactly maybe where you want to be in life at this current situation. Anthony's a very skilled coach and could steer you in the the right direction, no doubt. And if you're intrigued by the idea of Attic Box Audio, of getting your loved ones' memories, their life stories, recording in quality quality audio off the back of a conversation with myself, then look that up at atticboxaudio.co.uk. Powerful conversations, powerful memories just recorded and not lost into the ether as people's uh, lives you know naturally come to the, their conclusion so it's a it's an idea we've had my wife and i in lockdown we've recorded all our family members love life stories now and it's certainly great to have those treasured memories now recorded um and safe well thank you for listening i hope you have a great week i'll speak to you again soon.